0: Welcome to another Footnotes episode of Infinitely Prefer a Book. Today, I'm talking about my reaction to the book *Hidden Figures* by Margot Lee Shatterly and the movie by the same title, based on the book. Last year, about January, one of my book clubs met to select books for the upcoming year, as we do every year. I suggested Hidden Figures by Margot Lee Shetterly because I was interested in the backstory of the movie, which I'd already seen and enjoyed. And a couple of people um, at that time, when I mentioned that I was suggesting the book for a book club, they're like, well, they'd heard that um, it was very dry, and that this was just one of those rare cases where the book is actually worse than the movie, and the movie just stick with the movie and don't even bother reading the book. And so I was like, okay, that's good feedback. Um, I don't, you know, nonfiction isn't my number one go-to all the time. So if you tell me that's a dry nonfiction, I'm probably not going to read it. But imagine my surprise when actually the book club voted for it. So um, I ended up reading it anyway for the book club. And I understood where the term dry was coming from. It definitely has um, my thoughts as a reader. My criticism with sort of the tone of the book is that it was just trying to tell too many stories at once. And it raced through just lots of years in time. It started in like the 30s and 40s and went through to like the 80s and 90s I think and it didn't feel like it really had a central story arc to fall back on there were a lot of switching back and forth between characters new characters getting introduced once and then not being followed up on it was kind of hard to follow and and the writing wasn't super compelling all the time it, there were some good stories and it would come kind of in bursts however it's better than any book that I would try to write um I I also think kind of that the way the book was written had an unintentional or maybe it was intentional effect on me that was very profound and I think is a reason worth reading the book it really wasn't the story of just one exceptional person who rose up above all odds to work at NASA. It really was more of a story about how common it was for African-American people, um, mostly focused on women, but there were some men in the book, to work for NASA and its predecessor, NACA, and just how many smart African-American people contributed to the success to the success of World War II and the space program. Yes, people faced racism, segregation and discrimination, but they also stood up against it and took charge of their destiny where they could and made inroads way ahead of their time in Virginia. You know, so this is still the South um, pre-civil rights era South. So it just showed the juxtaposition of the somewhat more inclusive policies of the federal government and then the racist policies of the state of Virginia and just how the agency navigated some of these things because it was illegal to do for, something, for certain um, integrated policies were illegal in the state of Virginia, although the government agency was governed by federal laws. And so then the people who worked there lived one life at work and then went home to another world and it just showed sort of the wide-reaching impact of somewhat sometimes seemingly small discrimination policies or things that we don't think how can this make an impact but those discriminations impact the entire life and the, the course um, and the choices that people can make so and also then it just showed the, the women and people in the story also resisting these policies and Fighting against them, taking them to court and winning to change the world um, for their peers and for our society. So, despite kind of being dry, I actually really appreciated learning about these people and their contributions. And ironically, the movie actually um, that that had that had prompted me to read the book in the first place. It actually became something that I liked less after reading the book. In fact, now I just think I would not enjoy watching the movie. It just It's frustrating to me now, Um, even though the movie as a storytelling device had a more consistent story arc and was more enjoyable from that perspective, um, it being so untrue to reality and giving such a distorted picture um, made it really tough. So this is kind of why I wanted to talk about this is why I hated the movie after reading the book. So first of all, again, the book was trying to, for at least for me, it had the effect of to show how common these workers were and how influential they were throughout the entire agency. Um, There were many black computers who had joined other integrated teams by the 60s when the movie is set, but the movie made it seem like only a few exceptional people could rise to the top. And yes, the African-Americans highlighted in the book were largely those who had privilege of having access to good educations, but it was still not a story of exceptionalism. And that to me is how the movie came across. A major subplot of the book of the movie, I'm sorry. The major topic of the movie was around bathrooms. Like it was kind of like takes up an entire chunk of the movie. And in both the movie and the book, um, they portray a white person making a snide remark when one of the women asked where the bathroom was, which is a very common question if you're in it, new to a workspace where's the bathroom? And the response was, I don't know where your quote unquote bathroom is. That's so disgraceful, so rude, so humiliating. And, you know, it is indicative of certain, um, common prejudices that existed among Virginians and in the United States and just around the world. So not surprising um, in that era that that would happen. Disappointing for sure. Um, and in the book, the women were hurt by this. This was... Uh, you know, that is one of those stings that hurts. Um, but they decide to say, okay, well, I'm just going to find the bathroom and go to the bathroom that's closest to them. Like they just, they moved on and they just went to the bathroom. They didn't care the other white women were using the bathroom or whatever. But in the movie, there are just like several minutes of drama about where a character races across the, you know, this giant campus and to use the quote unquote colored bathroom and then appears to waste several hours a day this way. Not only is it like, you know, kind of unrealistic that she has to pee all the time. I mean, that's kind of like a, maybe a sexist thing. It's like, okay, we get it, you know, but just the fact that it's this big ordeal that she only is using the colored bathroom, across campus. Um, And then it's perceived by her team that she's not working as hard because she's always gone. And then when her boss asks her why she's not working, she says it's because she has to go across campus to use the bathroom. And so there's this climactic scene, kind of spoiler alert a little bit, where her um, white boss basically has to come in and save the day so she can be a full participating member of the team and use the nearest bathroom. Um, And just it's a perfect example of the white savior trope when in reality, the women in question had taken care of her needs she had just fought for her own inclusion on her own and didn't need to be rescued so and just the fact that this entire representation this entire like probably 15 to 20 minutes of the movie um was just made up by hollywood was really infuriating to me um it really took power away from these courageous and super smart women who um were fighting against the systems of oppression and and being trailblazers and it gave it away to some white man who already had power and just to kind of take a little tangent you know these footnotes episodes should really be called soapbox episodes sometimes but the white savior um, idea has just been common among many famous stories that shed light on historical injustices for example to kill a a mockingbird Um, Atticus Finch plays this role and I think to kill a mockingbird got a lot of acclaim when it was published as being revolutionary um, in the help that was published in like the early 2000s skeeter was the one who published the stories of an african american of the african american domestic workers um, and the help while becoming hugely popular it was widely read by book clubs everywhere and it became just you know a major motion picture with a list actors it got some backlash because it played into this white savior concept. And I think it kind of shows the collective understanding of our society had changed from to kill a mockingbird where white people need to understand that, uh, you know, we don't all have to be racist to the help where we all were, that That story is kind of old and we want to hear about the people who actually resisted and made change on their own. Um, I think it's important to share both kinds of stories. Um, real and fictional stories about white allies who use their power and privilege to give voice to people who have less power. I think that's important because that that does need to happen. Um, but I think it's also really, really important to acknowledge the many times that people who have been oppressed have worked hard to fight or resist the systems that oppress them, and to not gloss over those um, in favor of assuming that it's these white people who are sort of deigning to give power to people. Um, it's important not to show victims of slavery only as like victims, but also as humans who made choices that impacted their future, even if those choices were limited by circumstances. So our civil rights advances really haven't come about just because the white people decided to take down all the signs on the bathrooms, etc. But really, because people of all colors, especially those who Um, are oppressed by the policies, have resisted and persuaded and voted. So um, I just think the fact that Hollywood decided to not share that story when it was already in the book was really frustrating to me. And instead, they made it a trope um, that we've heard over and over again that that glosses over the work of lots of people. Anyway, the book spanned like 40 years, starting with a World War II era, and the movie really only focuses on like the 60s as if it's this enlightened era and I think it really glosses over some really important contributions that were made to the war effort in World War II um, way before the space race began in fact in 1941 an executive order by um, President Roosevelt declared that there shall be no discrimination in the employment of workers in defense industries and in government because of race creed color or national origin so I mean that's like 20, 25 years before a lot of the civil rights era really got going into full swing that um, this policy was made. That's a huge impact where um, people of all colors can contribute to the national defense and have really cool jobs. And that, that actually was prompted by a prominent African-American leader named A. Philip Randolph. He organized a march on Washington that actually never happened um, to he was marching for jobs in the national defense, um, but just the fact that he organized the march made an impact, and President Roosevelt decided to put that executive order into place. So just some really cool things um, that I had not known about history. But again, the movie really was just a short period of time, and it made it seem like it was you know, the 60s where this fir- first got going, and it really was the 40s. Understandably, the, mo- the movie had a shorter time frame to fill, Um, but again, it just kind of contributed to the idea that these women were rare and exceptional versus they had been, had so many predecessors before them. All that said, I am glad this movie pointed me in a direction to learn more about these women and their stories. Um, I do wish Hollywood would be more true to the story and tell the story with the true heroes at the center. So what about you? What did you think? This movie came out a few years ago. So did did you watch the movie? Did you read the book? Um, I know it's common for a book to be better than the movie, but have you ever read a book that completely ruined the movie for you? You can tag me on Instagram at infinitelypreferabook or write me an email at infinitelypreferabook@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to my next episode with you guys. It will be on, airing on February 21st. I will be sharing my conversation with my friend Karen about Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. I'm looking forward to it.